Have you ever felt overwhelmed the idea of making a change in your life? Maybe there's something that you know you need to change or you feel the desire to change, but you're just not sure how. Maybe it feels too big or maybe you think that everyone else can do it, but not you. So today I want to offer you a different way to look at how to make a massive change in your life. Are you ready to make a change in your life but not sure where to start? Welcome to Moms on the Rise, where we believe that as moms and as women, we can choose to create a life we love. I'm Camille Beckstrand, a mindset coach and a fellow mom on this journey of rising up in all areas of our lives. So join me and let's rise together. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Moms on the Rise. For those of you who are new here, my name is Camille. I am a mom. I am a wife. I'm a mindset coach, and I'm the host of this podcast. My husband, Jared, and I put together a program called the Mommy Tummy Fix to help moms after they have a baby. And that's where this podcast came from. I just loved helping women reach their goals and just become the best version of themselves. So that's what we're going to be talking about today is just one of the ways that you can become the best version of you. And so today I want to start off with a story. I heard this once and it just, oh, it stuck with me. So back in 1998, there was a rowing team from Great Britain and they were at the world championships and they ended up taking seventh place. They were of no significance. Nobody knew who they were, but they loved rowing and they knew they were good. They knew they had it in them. The Sydney Olympics at this point were two years away and they wanted that gold medal so bad. They were tired of being seen as the losers, as the nobodies, the ones that nobody expected anything from. So they set a super crazy goal. They were going to win. They were going to win the Olympics. And they knew that in order to hit that goal, they needed to hit a certain time. I think their time was like 518, which I guess was a time to win. But over the next two years leading up to the Olympics, the team faced so many challenges and had so many random obstacles. And so to stay focused and to help them make the best decisions for the team and the goal that they had set to win... They adopted the motto, will it make the boat go faster? Which kind of funny, right? It's a simple question. Will it make the boat go faster? But this simple question was how they made every single decision. In their trainings that they did, they would ask themselves, is the workout that we are doing going to help the boat go faster? Can we change it up? Can we improve it? In the food that they were eating, they would ask themselves, will this help the boat go faster? This burger and french fries, it's probably going to slow us down. Like, What else could we eat? And then there was even one night where they had worked so hard all day long and they were headed out to a pub for a fun night and somebody asked, hey, will this help the boat go faster? And they literally turned around and went back home. Every choice that each teammate made every single day revolved around this guiding principle. They would ask themselves if their actions or their decisions or their behaviors would contribute to this goal that they had of getting the boat to go faster so that they could win. And if the answer was no, they would change what they were doing and they would refocus on what would help them reach that goal. And so the team's dedication and their commitment, it was rock solid. They were all in. They looked at every single aspect of their lives from their training routines to their personal habits to what time they woke up in the morning and what time they went to bed with just that single goal in mind. What is going to make the book go faster? Sometimes it required some crazy sacrifices on their part. 
It required looking at themselves and how they could improve individually. And it required them working together to cheer each other on. I mean, these were a bunch of young men, like in their early 20s. And they were having to not go to the pubs at night. And they were having to watch what they were eating and do things to just make that boat go faster. So after two years of basing all their choices on this one question, the Sydney Olympics finally came. And they made it to that final rowing event. And the commentators from that event had all but counted the British rowing team out. And in that final race, the commentators even said things that proved that they didn't think Great Britain had it in them. But the British rowing team pulled ahead and crossed the finish line in first place, securing the gold medal for Great Britain. People who only saw that race that day would probably look at this team and just say, wow, like they must be super gifted or they're an incredibly strong team. What most people didn't know is that they had based every decision they made for two years on getting the boat to go faster. All of those tiny decisions added up and it took two years of tiny decisions. Every single one counted. Every single choice was helping them to get the boat to move faster. This team was rewarded very publicly with gold medal for actions that they made very privately for years. So many times we see things that we want to have in our life. And all that we are seeing is that when these people cross the finish line to win the gold medal, we see that we want that. But what we don't see are the years of training, the many, many sacrifices, the choices that they made that would help their boat go faster or help them reach their goal. If there's a big change that you want in your life or a big goal that feels completely unattainable, I'm here to tell you that the secret to massive change in your life is to start small and stay steady. There isn't anything sexy about this secret of starting small and staying steady. You probably know already that this is how you would make long-lasting change. But we live in a world where we want things instantly. And sometimes we don't want to do the work of showing up every day and working slowly towards our goals. But I'm here to tell you that's how it happens. After my youngest daughter was born, she's the last of my four kids, I developed a condition called diastasis recti or ab separation. And I actually had this with a couple of my kids, but it was the worst with her, the worst after my last one. And with each pregnancy, for those of you who don't know what diastasis recti is, the muscles in your stomach expand like a balloon blowing up during your pregnancy. And then sometimes they come back together after pregnancy and they come back together on their own. But in about one third of all women, those muscles just never come back together on their own. And I fell into that category. My abs didn't come back together and that gap in the muscles kind of left me with this weird coning shape, like a weird pooch, if you will, where basically my insides were protruding out through this gap in my ab muscles. And like I said, one third of all women have this a year after their babies are born. And most of the time, their doctors don't even talk to them about it. And so they just think, oh, this is who I am. This is my mom pooch. This is what I've got to deal with. And the thing is, like, it's a condition that can be treated. We just don't know about it most of the time. So there are two options to close this gap. The first one is surgery, which is pretty intense and it takes a long time to heal. And sometimes that's the way to go for some people. But there is also conservative therapy, which is something that most doctors will recommend if you get diagnosed with this condition. But this therapy, it does take a long time as well. 
there's no quick fix for diastasis recti. And I tried for a really long time to just fix it on my own, but it didn't ever go away. Even after lots of working out and after lots of crash diets, I just still had this pooch where my insides were poking out of my stomach and it made me still look pregnant no matter how long I blinked or how many crunches I did. Well, it just so happens that I live with and I am married to a physical therapist who specializes in postpartum care. I know, I know. He was there all along. Yes, I knew what he did, but he let me try and figure it out on my own. I'm kind of stubborn and independent like that and just figured that if I worked out really hard and I did some diets that I could fix it on my own. And eventually it got to the point where I knew I needed help. And I very humbly went to him and said, look, I need your help because what I'm doing isn't working. And he kind of gave me a smile that said like, I've been waiting for you to ask me, but thankfully he didn't say anything. He knows what he needs to do to keep our marriage in place. And he started helping me, but he told me he was going to give me some rehab exercises that I had to do every day. And these weren't workouts, but it was rehab. And then he said that the key to healing my pooch that was hanging out, that gap in between my ab muscles, was going to be consistency. I had to show up every day and I had to do these rehab exercises that he gave me. It sounded easy enough, right? And so he started explaining the first exercise. He had me lay down on the floor, had me bend my knees, and then he said, okay, I want you to tuck your hips under and I want you to suck your belly button into your spine. I'm like, okay, got it. He goes, now hold that for three seconds and then release it. It's like, okay, done. Now what? He said, now repeat that 10 times. That's it. That's your first exercise. And I just kind of sat up and looked at him so frustrated. And I said, Jared, that's stupid. That's not even hard. Like I'm not breathing heavy. My core isn't going to be sore. This isn't going to work. I thought that the way to tighten my core and to get rid of that pooch was going to be to crunch it away or to do a thousand burpees until I'd burn that mummy tummy off of me. And he just looked at me and just said, trust the process. So Jared gave me a couple more rehab exercises that were just as simple as that first one. And out of spite and on a mission to prove him wrong, I told him I would do them. But I knew that this quote unquote workout that he had given me for my core, I knew it wasn't going to work for me. It was too easy. I wasn't sweating hard. It wasn't me restricting myself on a diet. I thought that was the only way that I would get rid of my mommy tummy after having all these babies. But fast forward 12 weeks, I had showed up every single day. I did those simple, silly rehab exercises seven days a week. And I did everything that he had outlined for me to do to tighten my core muscles and to close that gap that was pooching out. And day after day, I felt like nothing was happening. Felt like the things that I were doing weren't making any difference at all. And I just remember thinking, I'm going to keep doing this so I can show him like, look, it didn't work. I'm going to go back to what I was doing. But Jared just kept telling me, trust the process. I know what I'm doing. Trust the process. If I were to have measured the progress day to day, there would have been little to no difference. But by the end of those 12 weeks, the changes were significant. I went from having a three-finger gap, which means that I could stick, you were to hold three of my fingers together, I could stick those three fingers into my ab separation. I had a three-finger gap that I was able to close to nothing. 
I had no gap anymore. It was completely closed, which meant that the pooch was gone. I could no longer have my guts protruding out between my ab separation. I was blown away, to say the least. What it came down to was me showing up consistently, doing the right simple exercises every day. And if you're wondering, the protocol that I followed became Jared's Mommy Tummy Fix program, which is why I'm here on this podcast today. And you can check it out at mommytummyfix.com. But after this experience, I suddenly saw how the British rowing team did it. It was them choosing every day these little choices that got them to their goal. And I bet in the moment, they probably felt like these choices were not making much of a difference. If they were to measure their progress day to day, it wouldn't have been much. I was able to close my diastasis recti by me choosing to do what I thought were silly little exercises every day. It felt like nothing was happening in the moment. It felt like day to day, there was no progress being made. Progress was non-existent, but those rowers kept it up for two years, just like I kept it up for those 12 weeks. They had their eye on the goal. They had their eye on the outcome that they wanted. And that's what I had too. I thought that my outcome was going to be proving Jared wrong, but his exercises did work. He did know what he was doing and it completely changed everything. So what is it that you want in your life? What is that goal that you want to reach? Or what is that change you want to make? Just like the British rowing team, pick your goal. What are the little choices that you could make every day to help you reach that goal? What can help to make the boat go faster in your life or help you reach your goal? I decided to put this theory to the test in other areas of my life. So the first thing that I tried it on was my relationship with Jared. The question that I would ask myself was, Well, this strengthened my relationship with Jared. And so there were nights where I would be scrolling on my phone after the kids had gone to bed and the question would pop into my head, "Mm, well, this really strengthened my relationship with Jared. Probably not. But what about sitting on the couch and having a quick conversation with him with my phone put away? Or what about scheduling a date night with him? Or what about finding a way to surprise him with his favorite dinner? Doing those things just one time will not make a massive change but it's consistently doing them again and again that will make the change. I'm happy to report that after thinking this way for a couple of years and working on it slowly but surely, it has taken our marriage from a good one to a great one. And it takes two to tango. And when Jared saw me kind of making some changes, he started reciprocating. And it was so fun to watch him try to do these things for me as well. And it just took our marriage to a whole new level. The second way that I put this theory to the test was, and I talked about this in my three habits that I do every day episode, but one of the things I wanted to work on was my relationship with God. And I started asking in different situations, will this help strengthen my relationship with God? And I quickly learned that the tiniest choices, even spending five minutes a day in the Word or listening to a podcast or even singing worship music in the car, those little choices every day add up. Showing up consistently every day, doing those small, simple things have completely changed my relationship with God. It's stronger and better than it's ever been. One other area that I have been working on and something that I struggle with is anxiety. And I have a goal to learn how to have a better handle on my thoughts and my anxieties. And I know what some of my big triggers are. Social media, not getting enough sleep, sometimes too many true crime podcasts high stress levels from work, 
And so when I was making choices or I'd find myself in different situations, I would ask myself, does this help my anxiety or does it make it worse? And it's crazy when you start to think of it that way because you feel more in control of your triggers and you feel way more in control of your choices. I love being able to choose what's going to help me feel in control of my anxiety and my thoughts. It's such a powerful place to be if you could just take a moment and really ask yourself, is this helping or is this hurting? Do you remember the story from our childhood about the tortoise and the hare? The tortoise and the hare are running a race, and I don't remember why, but all that I remember is that the hare takes off at the start of the race, and he sprints as fast as he can, but he gets burned out, and he has to stop. He was so focused on speed and on that short-term sprint, and he got quick results. He pulled ahead really fast. Then he lost all of his progress just as quickly as he had gained it because he had to stop and he needed to take a rest or take a break. I think that so many times we start working towards our goals, just like the hare. We take off at a blinding sprint, but we burn out and we give up and we stop making progress. And I have done this so many times. I have done it with new diets. I've done it with workout programs. I've done it with organizing systems. I've done it with scrapbooking. That time I thought I could train for a marathon and got crazy shin splint, budgeting, meal planning, like you name it, I've tried it. I've tried to do it like the hare, but I burn out. But let's talk about the tortoise in the race. He knew what he was doing all along. He started slow and stayed steady. He focused on sustainability. What was a pace he could keep up? And he kept his eye on the goal. Every step he took was one step closer to that goal. And he just kept making that progress. To others, his progress may have looked really slow and really simple and even stupid, but those slow results helped him make habits. Those habits stuck. The habit of just taking one more step, putting one more foot in front of the other. And that strong mindset around who he was becoming on that journey and the mindset around, I can keep going, and the mindset of discipline to just keep putting one foot in front of the other. It took him continuing to show up, even when the tortoise rushed past him and he thought, there's no way I can do this. In the end, that hare will still be focused on short-term results, and he will be looking for the next quick shortcut or magic pill to help him reach his goal. I think we all feel that way sometimes. We wish there was a faster way to do it or an easier way to do it. But honestly, it's the slow and steady baby steps and those small choices that you make every day that will get you to where you want to be. It might take longer than you have anticipated, but the results will last longer because you're taking the time to learn discipline. You're taking the time to learn habits and those habits will shape who you become. I want to encourage you, just like I encourage all the ladies that I coach, to remove the timeline. Remove the limit of time that you put on yourself and just keep going. Just keep putting that one step in front of the other. Just keep moving forward and making progress, even if it feels small and insignificant, even if it feels simple and stupid. Every step counts. What is going to help the boat go faster in your life? Don't put a time limit on it. Just keep going. Every decision absolutely counts. If you want help to keep moving slow and steady towards the person you want to become or the goals that you are working on, I would love to be your coach. 
you can sign up to work with Jared and I over at mtfchallenge.com. Thanks for joining me today. I hope that this conversation around making change and working towards our goal helped you in some sort of way. I promise you that the way to see those big, massive changes in your life is to just take those small and simple steps. Okay, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for listening to the Moms on the Rise podcast. This podcast is brought to you by the Mommy Tummy Fix program. If you are interested in learning more about how to take care of your body from a place of love, head over to themommytummyfix.com and join our community of over 10,000 women who are finding ways to live a complete and healthy life one small choice at a time. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review, a rating, and follow along so that you don't miss a single conversation. Keep on rising.